Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 81 of High Character. Big series happened over the weekend, UMass and BC. UMass really needing some points to stay within the home game Hockey East playoff hunt. They didn't get it. They got swept by BC. BC took all six points in uh, a pretty embarrassing fashion, to to say the least. My name is Cameron. I am joined by my good pal, Evan. Evan, how's it going, man? You know how it's going. Um, pretty stinky. I mean... At this point, I try not to let it get to me. It's been it's been tough. Um, the, that first period of the first game really really sucked the life out of me. You know what I mean? It was I wasn't there in person. I was watching it online with some buddies of mine who I tend to preach about UMass to them and tell them how cool you know the the program is and how much I like them. And then we all watched that game together, and they were like, "Really? This is the team that you like?" And wasn't wasn't a very good look on my part, I gotta say, but. Trying to keep the faith, but it's, it's been a tough go recently, definitely. Yeah, it definitely has. Uh, we'll just jump right into it. We don't want to spend too much time breaking down these games. Uh, they were bad. Uh, we don't want to talk too much all about them. In the first one, um, there was some debate about who would start for UMass and goal. We really had no idea after what happened last weekend. And I guess not to surprise, it was probably the most likely outcome we see Pav in net for this first game after not looking great in the two games against Vermont and uh, really doesn't look good in this first period. Uh, we normally go goal by goal, but we're, we're not going to do that for this one. BC scored five goals in the first period. Uh, four of them were with six or less minutes left in the period. So just an absolute onslaught. They had 18 shots in the period. Have didn't look good. Defense didn't look good. Nothing looked good. They were all even strength, just breakdowns by the team. Uh, not a fun watch. It makes makes you not want to watch the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean that was kind of the you know I don't I don't want anybody listening in to be like oh like the boys have gone soft and they're trying to you know give up on the pod like that. But like I just feel like it wouldn't even be entertaining for you guys to hear another defensive breakdown by UMass and BC yeah. capitalizes like that. That would be literally most of the goals. Like defense wasn't covering the puck properly. They weren't matching up man-to-man when they were trying to play man defense in the offensive zone or the defensive zone. And whenever they were trying to play zone defense, they were not cutting out passing lanes correctly. So they really just were getting absolutely destroyed by BC, who just simply looked like the better team. So kind of a funny note to mention the the, the starting goalie and Pav. Turns out it doesn't really matter because in this game, all three goalies get themselves one period. So it's a kind of a, a completely irrelevant point by the second and third period. So just something to add in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like you said, Pab gets yanked. Um, surprised he didn't get yanked earlier with how often the goals were coming near the end of that first. Uh, but Carvey keeps him until the end. Henry Graham comes in for the second. He looks somewhat decent. Um, we see an absolutely boneheaded penalty taken by Taylor McCarr, which something that's been said quite a bit this year. Uh the most blatant one that he's had this year. I mean, uh, completely away from the puck, just raises his shoulder right into the head of a guy, drops him. Uh, honestly, probably should have got a suspension for that hit. He hasn't yet, but I guess it's possible going forward. Puts BC on the five-minute power play, and we see Nikita Nestorinko, one of their better players that we detailed in the preview episode. He gets his second of the game on that power play, makes it 6 nothing. That, uh... That penalty is getting real frustrating to see out of Taylor this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've been a pretty vocal supporter of him, you know, like when he's playing a clean, you know, smart game, but I've been one of his biggest critics when he's playing very undisciplined the way that he has recently. It's like, I normally, I kind of have like the the quote unquote boomer take of like, you know, head contact or whatever. Like usually when I see hits in real time, I'm thinking like, oh, like that's a nice hit or whatever. You know what I mean? Like hard hockey, but like this everybody could agree like that was stupid you know what I mean like even I was sitting there like what the hell is Taylor doing like that's ridiculous and shouldn't be in the game so yeah I mean really really dumb dumb move by him there to cause the penalty to begin with but then we again were just getting dominated in the d zone basically all night and now that we're a man down you know we were getting dominated even strength so now when we're a man down it's even harder for us and granted I don't really think Graham could see the puck all that well here I mean he wasn't really moving, trying to see the puck that well. I mean, Bollinger just kind of seemed like he was in the way. And I think there was a BC guy in front of the net too. But, I mean, it went directly over his shoulder. I feel like he got to try and just move around a little bit to get a better view of the puck there. But it was kind of his only big error of the period, so I can't really fault him too much. Yeah, uh, 
definitely not like totally his fault on that goal, yeah. I would think. Uh, UMass answers pretty quick. 16 seconds later, uh, still on the penalty kill, obviously, for that major. We see Owen Murray and Matt Koopman break out on a two-on-0 somehow. Uh, Owen Murray with a nice cross-crease pass to Koopman, who nets the goal. And then uh, a few minutes later, we see an even strength, kind of a scramble in front of the net. Um, the puck's kind of lost in a pile of people, and Koopman puts another home. So he gets two goals in the second period, which was pretty cool to see. Yeah, I mean, the first goal was a complete shock, frankly. I think it was just kind of all the BC guys were trying to, you know, hit the blue line and, you know, get into the offensive zone for them. But uh, it seems like they were just a mishandled puck, and you get two guys with speed going the other way. That's kind of Koopman and Murray's big parts of their game, in my opinion, is their speed. Mm-hmm. Once they get the puck, you know, with with a little bit of space, they can they can really make some stuff happen up the ice. But, uh, yeah, I mean, cool enough goal, you know, it kind of was a was a sad one considering we're already down 6 nothing at that point. And then obviously Koopman second, I mean, it was kind of a more of a greasy one, you know, he's just kind of mm-hmm. out in front of the net, but he gets them one way or another, you know what I mean? It, it, you know, assuming the game was closer, I would have been a lot happier with these two goals because they would have been yeah. really, you know, they're, they're good quality goals. It's just the time that they happened was a bit more depressing. You know what I mean? Right. You can't get too crazy celebrating these ones. Yeah. Uh, that made it six to two. That's how the game uh, would finish the second period. We go to the third. Uh, we mentioned Henry Graham didn't play poorly at all um he looked pretty decent but we see cole brady comes out for the third period so uh we have mentioned him a lot uh for not great reasons this year just because he's been seemingly missing in our eyes he hasn't made an appearance since the beginning of november uh before this game so very strange to see him out there kind of seems like carvey was treating this game like kind of a goalie tryout after that first period yeah, like it was kind of weird. I, it was kind of like a WWE moment. Like, by God, that's Cole Brady's music, and he just comes out with like some crazy, <laughs> like you know, glass shattering in the background. You know, I was, I was shocked to see him because at this point, admittedly, I was kind of watching the game, kind of re- you know more relaxed. I wasn't watching it too intently just because the game was just so far gone. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so it was maybe about a minute or two into the period, and I'm seeing, I'd say 34. Like, what is going on here? And yeah, my my suspicions were in fact confirmed. So little bit of a weird one but I thought he looked decent you know what I mean like overall the the game was already pretty far gone by that point but I mean I thought he looked pretty decent in the period that he got yeah he didn't face many shots I think he only had five saves uh by the end of this third period so I didn't get challenged too much but good to see him at least get a chance we didn't think that would happen again this season so uh, not the best circumstance obviously but good to see him get some playing time UMass does score a third uh about 11 minutes into the third period they're on the power play and uh, there's no goal on the uh, UMass hockey Twitter for this, but Kenny Connors, that's the power play goal, his team leading ninth of the year. I don't know if you remember anything. If I remember correctly, it was a one T I think from like the top of the faceoff dot, I think it was, cause it was a power play goal. That's usually where he sets up was along the right hand mm-hmm. side. Um, I don't remember if it was Ufko or, or Morrow who passed it. I'm actually pulling up the box score. They're the two see. with the assists. So. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out who had the primary. Um, yeah. I got it right here. I'm just stalling for time as I usually do. So it looks like it was Scott Morrow on the primary assist there. It was probably, I bet you Ufko passed it to the left and then Morrow passed it all the way across to the top of the right face off dot. And yeah. then he just smacks it home near post. Um, That's what I remember happening. So with the old box where that kind of adds up, but yeah, it was a good shot from Connors. He's been, you know, he's been finding the net fairly recent, you know, I think in the past two weekends now he's gotten one goal piece. So, you know, that's always good to see, but, uh, Again, it's just a case of tightening up the defense. You know what I mean? I mean, if you score three goals, that's not a bad look. But if you're letting in seven, there's a there's a much bigger problem there that we have to address. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that made it 6-3. Uh, just a minute later, we see BC. Uh, they form a play basically out of nothing. UMass somewhat gets caught in a change, but it really is like an unacceptable defensive effort. I think from Scott Moore on there it's a little blurry what I'm watching now but just knowing how he skates and like his strides uh it looks like him uh yeah just awful defensive breakdown I get this game's basically over with eight minutes left but definitely look like the team just gave up here yeah I can't tell like I'm watching the replay right now and I see three guys heading towards the I see basically an entire line change happening Mm -hmm. and it was the slowest line change I have ever seen in my entire life like if you're going to get off the ice, you have two options. You either like you either coast and you're still trying to watch the play and, you know, knowing that you can get back in time or 
you're rushing your ass to the bench and you're getting off the ice. So somebody that's more fresh than you can get back on and make a play. It was literally, they coasted to the bench. And then when they saw the other play happening, they decided to coast back out onto the ice to try and half-ass leave, you know, block the shot. Granted, Brady, you know, might want to have that one back. It was, you know, it wasn't the, it wasn't the best area to score. I mean, basically top of the face-off dot. You're it is Nesterenko shooting, though. Third I mean, goal of the night, he's pretty nasty. He is nice, but, I mean, you see the puck the whole way, man. You know, like, this yeah. guy, he's not John Leonard. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's a that's a name that I wish we had back right about now. Not to go on a whole nostalgia trip. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like if you're seeing the puck the whole way there, and, you know, Morrow's kind of there, at least cutting off the angle. So, like, you only have to worry about the right side of the net as the goalie there. I just, I don't know. He's a big body. I feel like he should be taking up more of the net there. It, it's probably one he wants back, but yeah, I do think a big part of it was Moro was literally gliding towards him. Mm-hmm. Wasn't even moving his legs. I mean, granted it's late in the game and we've been talking about, you know, the defensive time on ice for the first, you know, for that first defensive pairing. They're out there a ton. They're probably gassed as hell, but like just, I don't know. I get the game's almost over, man, but show a little something. You know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I fully think that that was an unacceptable effort, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mentioned that was Nestorinko's goal. That was his third of the game. He had a hat trick on us. So not great. Um, Bollinger ends up putting one in the net with about a minute left, but uh, BC challenges it, even with the score as it is, and uh, it gets overturned for offsides, I believe. So uh, still 7-3, and that's how this game ended. So really embarrassing loss. Uh, I thought an embarrassing effort for most of this game, especially in that third period. Um, here, I'll read Coach Carvel's quotes. Uh, he said, I didn't mind the start of our game. I thought the first three or four shifts, the kids came out and looked like they were eager to compete. Boston College picked things up, and we needed a couple saves to stop the onslaught, and we just didn't get them. The rest of the game, they're up that much. They lost some urgency to their game, and we com- competed a little bit harder and made it look like a hockey game for the last two periods. I... I got to be honest, I think I'd like a little more accountability after a 7-3 to three loss like that and some of the goals looking like they did from coach. Uh, not great comments in my opinion, but what I mean, what do I know? I'm just a fan here trying to talk about it, but I, I really didn't like the way we played this entire game. If I'm being yeah, honest. I mean, I, to BC's credit, they have some pretty solid goal highlights that they post on Twitter, and I'm re-looking at basically all the goals in a pretty solid angle. I mean... A couple of these are just like, yeah, Pab should have had maybe one or two of them in the first period. They were a little soft. Like, you know, one of them was like a tip out in front that like snuck underneath his arm, like his armpit or something like that. You got to cover your post a bit better. But like one of them is a straight up breakaway. You know what I mean? That they flip right over his glove side, essentially bar down. Like, how do you realistically expect your goalie to stop a breakaway like that? I think that was the third goal of the game right there. I mean, the second goal Bollinger literally just gets beat out to the front of the net and the guy cleans up a greasy rebound. Pav makes the first save and he's sprawling out on the second save and it goes, you know, five hole and there's no defenseman draped on the BC guy's back to try and make his life hell. You know what I mean? Like you're basically in front of the net completely uncovered. You have a pretty damn good chance to score there. I don't blame that on Pav that much. So to an extent, he probably could have had a couple of them back that were, you know, clean shots that just beat him. But a couple of them, that's just straight up defensive breakdowns and, you know, the defense needs to do better to limit high squali- high quality scoring chances like that. I feel like it's taking a shot at your goaltender when you, like, have a comment like that. And, I mean, BC had 18 shots in the first period. It wasn't like they had 10 shots and five of them got through yeah. on half. Like, they, it was an onslaught. I don't know. I, I feel like there should be more, like, we flat out didn't come ready to play today and that's on me kind of things. Um, because I don't know, just the eye test alone, just watching, they weren't ready to play. I mean, Friday. yeah, well, I mean, I agree with Carvey in the sense that, you know, we, we looked good to start the game, you know, for, for a couple minutes, a couple minutes. Yeah. But after that, I mean, it was basically the first goal and then we just got dominated again. Like, yeah, it's just something about our defense. Like we cannot defend well in the defensive zone. Like, I don't know if it's like a mentality thing and like the coaching is telling them to like not challenge 50-50 pucks, but we look so passive in the defensive zone. Like, we don't attack the puck. We pray for the puck to come to us, and then we try and break out from there. We don't We don't go towards the puck trying to corral it and make a play with it. We just pray that we somehow block it, and we can clear it out, and then we go to the next shift. Like, 
there's no sense of urgency in our defense. We just hope to soak up pressure as much as humanly possible and try and win a face-off to get out of the zone. And now with the way that our face-offs have been going recently, we can't even afford to do that because then they're just going to win the, the opening face-off and we're right back to square one where we're trying to play this passive defense and we get work the entire game. And then we let up five goals in the first period like we just did. Like, it's not a winning formula. It's really not. And it's something that we've seen quite a bit this season. It's just really starting to weigh on me yeah. uh, seeing this game after game. When I, I mean, we know the effort can be better yeah. uh, from on a lot of these goals against and stuff like that. So um, not a game you want to remember. We'll, we'll brush over it here. The second game was at Mullen Center on Saturday night. Uh, real big question on who's going to be in goal after we saw 20 minutes from each goaltender on Friday and Cole Brady gets the nod. We really, we never thought that was going to happen for the rest of the season. I guess coach just trying something new. He looked, he looked decent in the third period of the first game. So Brady with his first start since early November, pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of shows you where the goaltending's at right now. I mean, we just don't have a bona fide guy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that just shows how spoiled we've been in the past couple of years with having really nasty goalies or, I mean, it just doesn't seem like any other program that I can think of off the top of my head is really like this. Like they're not rolling three goalies, you know, like there's a lot of one, a one B situations, but you don't have one, a one B one C, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like granted it hasn't, it's, it's, it has been Pat for the majority of the season, you know, to his credit, but he's, he's been super inconsistent. And I feel like, a lot of the times when he went through, you know, a big stretch of games where he would start, I feel like it was just due to necessity. Like we just didn't have anybody else. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because he's locked down the starting role and he's just, you know, untouchable. It's because we got nobody else who's going to be able to step up, you know? So I'm, I'm happy for Cole that he managed to get, you know, a start under his belt here, but I don't, I don't really know, you know, like, I don't think it's necessarily hundred percent on the goaltending. I don't think it matters who you throw. You could throw freaking Devin Levi in there. You know what I mean? And yeah. if you're letting up 40 shots a game like that, yeah, you know, a, a solid tendy might be able to help you to, you know, stop a couple more, but you can't rely on your goaltender to pitch a 40 safe shutout every night to try and win games. Yeah. People on Twitter, especially lately, like to be really critical of the goaltending we've had this season. And I'm not saying that they're invincible. Yeah. Like they, they deserve some of the scrutiny as well, but like, we're, yeah, we're getting, like you said, we're giving up almost 40 shots a game. Like that's not going to win a team with any goalie very many games, if that's what you're averaging. So kind of, kind of hard, kind of, you're putting a lot on the goaltender. I mean, before this first game, Pab still had a 925 save percentage. Like, it's not not shabby at all, right? Like, yeah, that's quite respectable. Kind of doing his thing. It's just he faces so many shots all season long that it's hard to get momentum and hard to have a goals against average that's nice to look at. So, yeah. um, Brady gets to start. Um, I, me and you were curious to see how he would do, welcoming it at this point, just yeah. anything new uh, to try to light a spark. And UMass played somewhat well in the first, um, limiting BC chances getting some chances of their own first goal of the game. We see uh, Morrow skating with the puck sets up Kenny Connors with a one-timer and Michael Cameron tips it home. That's a pretty, pretty winning formula. Three guys right there for scoring goals. Michael Cameron's ninth of the season to tie Connors at the top. So one, nothing UMass about eight and a half minutes in. Yeah. Those are three dudes that know how to put the puck in the net. You know what I mean? Like Kenny Connors is, you know, he just scored last game, you know, Morrow, we know his offensive prowess, you know, he definitely is an offensive powerhouse and Samuel Michael Cameron as of recently, they all, you know, are very, very offensive minded and we saw it on the play. I mean, it was a really solid goal. I thought it was Kenny Connors who scored it at first, but then, you know, Cameron ended up getting the tip in there. So really cool stuff. You know, I think it was a, a good way to kind of start off the game. I thought we looked pretty decent to start off with. And I think taking the lead, you know, halfway through the first is, a pretty, pretty good way to kind of set yourself up to, to win games, you know, going forward. But as we'll talk about, doesn't really get much better than, than what we're seeing right here. You know, that's kind of, this was kind of the peak of the mountain, if you will. Yeah, it was uh period pretty even. Uh, the shots were even by the end of the period. Uh, New Mexico's a one nothing lead into the locker room. We go out for the second. Uh, BC's starting to play with a bit more of an edge. The ice seems a bit tilted in their direction. UMass is able to weather it, though, for a while. Um, they get some penalties. They, they kill them off. Except uh, there was one Tyson Dick penalty with less than a minute left in the second. Um, BC went to the power play, and they got a really weird goal. It was kind of a shot from the, the outside of the faceoff dot that 
Uh, I think Brady got a piece of, but it popped over his head and trickled into the goal uh, with just a few seconds left in the period. So real backbreaker there to tie the game before the second intermission. Such an annoying goal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's on the power play. And like, that's obviously not what you want to begin with, but like to have it go in in like that fluky of a fashion, it's like, that's stupid. You know what I mean? Like after, I don't want to like harp on like the goals that they scored last game, but like, you know, that didn't really seem like a very, you know, earned goal. I mean, granted, I can't really say that too much because we had a couple goals like that against Vermont last weekend. We had a couple, I'm pretty sure they were just straight up own goals. So to have a weird little tip in front that just literally looked like a rainbow going into the back of the net, that's a tough one. But yeah, I just feel like, you know, Cole looked really, really good in the first two periods. I think he was saving a lot of shots. He, in, in my opinion, I guess if, if, if this type of goaltending is what Carvey expects, I think he gave him, you know, what he wanted. You know, he was saving a lot of pucks, a lot of rebound chances. He just, you know, was big in the net and he was blocking a lot of shots. So, you know, good for him. But I don't really think this goal was quote unquote deserved. It was, it was a tough look. Yeah, it was, uh, especially with so little time left in the second. It would have yeah. been really nice to take a one nothing lead into the third. Um, and UMass, they didn't come out hot for the third. Um, they've been a really poor third period team of late as we've, Noted uh, the last two games, they gave up three nothing leads in the third period. So kind of kind of hard when you're performing that poorly in the third. And it was more of the same on Saturday. Uh, six minutes into the period, BC has the puck in their defensive zone. Um, you get a pass from Andre Gesso um, to Trevor Kuntar, who I, there's no better way to put it, just completely blows past Scott Morrow. Um, a tough effort there and skates in all alone on Brady dekes him out makes it two to one yeah I don't want to sound like a downer but like realistically going into the third period I thought all right well here's where the downfall begins because I have no other basis to put off you know what I mean like we've been we've been doing that almost all season like I don't even want to say it was it's been recent I feel like it's been the whole season like even the Denver series like they almost tied the game back up with the goalie pulled in the third period like there have been numerous times throughout the season where the third period, we just absolutely crumble. And this period was no different. I mean, Moro, what the hell dude? Like I've been, I've been trying to get back on the Moro hype train the past couple of weeks because he, he genuinely had improved mm-hmm. and we're, we're right back to square one. You know what I mean? Like it's just the third period. I don't know if he's just so gassed. I don't know what I it think is. that's, it has to be that dude. That's he's, the only he's thing so I can many think minutes. Of. Like, and so, I mean, part of me doesn't even want to blame him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, it's just, it's become such a common theme where I genuinely think I'm starting to put it more on the coaching staff because I would yeah. prefer a, a a fresher Kennedy O'Connor, who in my opinion has been looking a lot better as of recently to, you know, to a gassed Scott Morrow. Like if you, if you know that you're going to have a guy that's at least going to put in, you know, the full 100% and, you know, because if Kennedy O'Connor is in on that play, he might not have, you know, the best, you know, he might not have as good of a, of a hockey sense per se or the greatest puck skills as, as Mora would have, but he would have put his hip into that guy's hip and completely crushed him into the boards there. And we would have been fighting for the puck behind the net there. Like that wouldn't have been, you know, the guy cutting in and, you know, basically going post to post on, on Cole Brady and tucking it in, you know, the far post. There's That just wouldn't have happened if it was, I think, any other defenseman there. So Part of me wants to blame Morrow for just a, an overall weak effort there, but I think I think the coaching staff has to straight up realize that, you know, if we're riding this this first defensive pairing as hard as we are, then things like this are going to happen, and that's been the story of the whole season. I think we have to genuinely just start trusting the other defensive pairs a lot more because the, just having this gas of a defensive first line here, it, it hasn't been working. Yeah, it seems like he's not being put in – winning situations to be honest with how with how often he's out there yeah. I mean you watch a third period it seems like there's no like there's no swapping of lines at all it's just Moro out there like all the time yeah um and it shows itself again three minutes later uh there's a shot on net um Moro's late to cover the guy to the rebound uh Connor Joyce gets a a bad angle shot but he's able to to beat Moro to the puck and he puts it home to make it 3-1 and uh Mullins Mullins started to empty after that uh writing's kind of on the wall with how this team's been in the third period just really tough look all around yeah I mean this was a super unfortunate bounce off the back wall but I mean I think it's 50-50 Moro 
All right, 33% Moro, 33% Brady, and then 33% what the hell was that angle on the shot? Yeah. Like, the angle was filthy. Like, fair play to the BC guy there. But, you know, that was a tight angle to put it in. But, I mean, Brady, literally the moment that the shot happens, he, he must have heard it go off the back, like the back wall, you know, like the glass or the, the boards or whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. He has to have the context clues there to say, all right, it's going to pop out the other side. He literally goes into the butterfly, waits there for a solid – second and a half to two seconds and then finally begins to push to the other side like he took his he took one his right foot off the post he didn't yeah, have he took off. his sweet time doing yeah. that and i mean granted i mean morrow again gliding towards the puck praying that he's gonna get there and you know he, he I'll, I'll give him the credit he at least sticks the stick out to try and get in the way but i mean like what the hell boys you know like if there's been too many situations where like just these stupid goals happen in the third. Like, I, I don't, I never want to chalk it up to bad luck at this. And I don't think we should because I feel like these things are fixable. It's just individual errors that just keep adding up. And it's, it's super, it's just sad to watch at this point. It really is. Yeah. It's, I mean, you can't chalk it up to bad luck at this point. Uh, no. It's been a very common theme of this season. Um, another, like we said, uh, I, I'm really starting to think, Moro is just gassed out there with how much he's getting played. So um, kind of hard to get to those pucks when that's the case. That's how the game ended. Three to one, BC. Uh, I have more Carvel quotes after this game. He said, I thought for two periods, I really liked our game. We take a penalty late in the second period and they score a bit of a flute goal. And, but I was pretty confident that we were going to come out and find a way to win in the third. And it was far from that. We've just got to stick together, keep grinding it out. It's been a rough year, but trust me, we're learning from it. So uh, maybe some of the more honest quotes that we've seen in a while, um, addressing the fact that the season is not going the way that was intended. Um, I I really hope they are learning from it, but from what we've seen, uh, just from the, the fans' perspective, my perspective, it seems as though the team's kind of regressing as we move along in the season. I, I hope things are being learned. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it's happening, but, but I don't know. But that's the problem is that, like, you know, we, we've heard time and time again from the coaching staff, you know, we always try and play our best hockey towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't happened. You know what I mean? Like, we're, you know, disregarding the, the, the 3-2 against Providence where we somehow managed to win it in the third period. That was a completely uncharacteristic game. I mean, we were outshot by like 40 to 20, something like that. (laughs) I'm I'm trying to pull up the schedule right now because I'm doing a little bit of research here. So if we disregard that Providence win, if we say, you know, let's let's say it's a tie, right? Then we just lost two to BC. We tied both games with Vermont. So that's four games winless. Now we we take off the W against Providence. So we'll make that five games winless. One nothing to, to, to Lowell. That's a six game winless streak. But lost both games against UConn. That's a that's an eight game uh, winless streak. Then New Hampshire, BU, BC. That's what eleven games winless. Yeah, like our last win was against Brown, January third. Just so they you clarify outside of that Providence one. Yes, yes, I'm saying we take away that Providence. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like that's like that that is the one thing that is stopping us from having a horrendously bad streak. Uh, you know, of going without, without a win. And that was a one, yeah. that was, a, that was a one goal game. Like we haven't had a multiple goal win since January 3rd against Brown. Wow. And Brown is not a very good team right now, which like, holy crap guys. Like we've just been getting thrown around these past 11 games now. Like it's just unbelievable. And yeah, you're, you're totally right about, um, they, the coaching staff has said it a lot about playing their best hockey towards the end of the season. And I mean, we've straight up like this season have not seen anything that like the whole new mass mantra is made out to be. I mean, I, I'll preface we're extremely spoiled yep. with the last few years that we've gotten from UMass hockey and being fans for multiple championships and that like stuff like that. We're totally spoiled. Uh, and I mean, we've been sold on this whole idea of new mass, fast, hard, prepared, like all that stuff. And we love it. It's what got us to where we were, the successes that we've had. And I don't want to point to specific reasons why we're not seeing that this year. I I frankly don't know. I'm not in that room. Um, I I don't know the cause of it. I don't even think it's worth speculating why it's happening. But 
the the fact of the matter is we're not seeing any of that any yeah. of the things that new mass is built upon we're not seeing that this year that's the most frustrating part of the season to me yeah like that's that's kind of the thing like when it came to like recruiting and stuff like it seems like the past couple of classes we haven't really had like any like you know top shelf you know first round guys you know what i mean like we don't have the crazy skill guys it's always been about the character you know and yep. seeing them develop you know you might not see the guy you know, score 40 points in the first, you know, season or two, but you'll see that happen in the fourth season once they, you know, progress and get better. And I mean, part of that I get is, you know, it's still a young team. We don't have many of those four-year guys. I get that. But like, it's just, I don't know. Like, I just see all these other teams having, you know, filthy recruiting classes. You know what I mean? Like I'm seeing BC is only going to be getting better. BU is only, BU coming in next year is supposed to have the first overall pick. You know what I mean? Like, where are we getting these guys? Like, most of the guys that we're getting in are projected to be, you know, maybe third or fourth round guys. I know, I think in two years, I think Parabola is supposed to be, you know, a first or second round guy. And Tory Pittner is supposed to be like a first or second round guy. Fair enough. We're getting better in that regard. But like, you know, we, we simply, if we're not going to have crazy talent, at least have crazy effort. And that's, and that's where I feel like we've been lacking a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's the effort. It's, like all the three fast, hard prepared, like not playing fast. A couple guys are Lautenbach and Michael Cameron, but they're the exceptions. Uh, not playing very hard. I mean, we see Owen Murray in this series get decked, and nobody really comes to like his defense. Yeah. Nobody's standing up for him. Uh, and prepared, obviously, um, not prepared for third periods quite a bit this season. Weren't prepared to start this first game against BC. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's just a year. I mean, hopefully it's a blip on the radar, right? But um, not not what UMass hockey has built its reputation up to be. Yeah, it's been it's been really just annoying to watch overall. You know, like that that's kind of one of the things that really got me, which is in this past series is just Owen Murray was out there. You know, I don't want to say he was like doing some Bobby type stuff, but he, you know, he was getting a little chippy after the whistle, mm -hmm. after the whistle a little bit, you know, these things happen. And he literally got planted by Cutter Gauthier, a, a, like a first round pick, you know, like you know, really, you know, high skill guy trying to, you know, I'm pretty sure he already scored on us at one point in the game. And it's like, why don't we have guys going after, you know, to protect guys that are trying to, you know, spark something like yeah. Owen Murray's not a huge dude. He's like five ten, like one seventy, not a big guy. Like, and he gets planted on his ass and everybody's just like, Oh, well, that's tough. Should have been stronger. Like, you know, Taylor is, you know, the moment that Taylor pulled off that BS hit BC guys were swarming him. Yeah. I have not seen an instance this season where one of our guys, like Owen Murray in the, in the, in the home game, the second game got planted after the whistle. Cause he, he was out on the doorstep trying to fight for a loose puck against the goalie gets absolutely drilled shoulder to his chest after the whistle had already blown. And then all of our guys goes, Oh man, well, we're just going to sit around. The only person I will give credit to is Ryan Lautenbach. My, one of my favorite players on this team literally had to get held back by the ref trying to go after the guy that planted Murray. Like he, he looked like a rabid dog and like, mm -hmm. so fair play to him, but everybody else was just standing around saying, Oh, well maybe you shouldn't have done that Murray. You know what I mean? Like there's no, there's no fight. Like if we're not going to outskill a team, wear them down after the whistle. I'm not saying do dirty stuff because I hate what Taylor did, but I'm saying, yeah. you know, stand up for yourselves, boys. Like it's, it's a very simple ask. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I might be going on a tangent here, but I'm no, just... you're, what you're saying is totally right in my book. Yeah. Um, it's just, just, we don't, we don't have like answers to this. We don't want to blame a specific thing for why these things are happening. We're just saying it, how we've been seeing it all year and like how it is compared to the last few seasons. It's just, very clearly a different watch and like a different team mentality than we're used to seeing. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's just been, it's been grinding away in my head for a little bit now. And like, who knows, you know, maybe at some point we'll, we'll get some answers, you know, like it's not going to be a case of like, we're going to obviously know what's going on. Like we don't have yeah. insider sources or nothing. We don't talk to the players in between games, you know, but it's, it's just something that we've noticed. And I mean, you know, we're not going to be doubting the team. Like obviously they're trying to fix these things. You know, it's not right. like they're, they're not, there's nothing to gain from losing. It's not like we're tanking for the first overall pick. Like we're trying to be as competitive as we, as we possibly can. And I'm, you know, I don't want to speak for you, Cam, but I'm pretty sure we recognize that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a very, very simple thing to try and understand, but 
just, you know, watching it from a fan's perspective, it, it hurts. Obviously, it's going to hurt the team just as much, if not more. But I just think something's got to change eventually. And I don't know. This is it's why I don't we were, get paid. Yeah. That's why we were so excited at the start of the first game against UConn because the team looked like they had tried to address a lot of those things, yeah. playing hard, playing faster and stuff like that. So we were so happy with how it was going. Uh, we just wish that kind of thing was there more consistently this year for sure. Part of me wonders, like, if that, if that game ended up being a win, I wonder if that would have changed, you know, some of the yeah. – like, I don't want to say, like, oh, you know, if we win that game, then maybe the team would care more because they clearly are still caring, but I just feel like maybe they'd have a bit more of, like, a – you know, like a will to be more aggressive because I think that was the big thing in that game was aggressiveness. You know, like, we were we were pinching up a lot more from what yeah. I remember. We were playing, you know, we were attacking the puck, and that was why we had as many chances as we did. Like, we were risky but the risk was, was paying off into a reward where I feel like now we play with almost zero risk because we try and mitigate as many chances as possible, but other teams are just flat out better. Like you can play passive if you're the overall better team, because all you have to do is just not make glaring errors and the other team won't capitalize, but we are not as good of a team as most of hockey East is right now. So we can't afford to be lackadaisical. We have to take chances and, try and put things into our favor because things won't naturally be in our favor because we're just not there right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. How about we, uh, how about we switch over to our awards and then sounds good. All right. So the first award we like to give out CCC award Carvel's character and compete uh, basically the, the player of the games here. Uh, and, and for this one, we're going to have to give it to Matt Koopman, Matty ice. Uh, he got two goals in that first game. Uh, and I kind of just wanted to use it as a opportunity to mention how he's been playing very hard uh, with a lot of speed, especially in the second half of the season. It's been refreshing watching him play and he got rewarded from it on Friday. Yeah. And that's kind of another thing I wanted to highlight too, was like, you know, two goals is great and all, but like, I think kind of the underlying story with him is, and this might be just cause I'm a complete idiot, but like, I haven't been mentioning him as one of the seniors that needs to step it up because I genuinely forgot that he was a senior. I thought he was a junior. Like it says online that he's a grad transfer and like that makes complete sense. Like he spent four years at Providence. So I've been completely like forgetting that he's been, you know, a senior. I just, in the back of my mind, I thought he was a junior. So to have two, you know, senior contributions like that and for him to overall just kind of step up his game, I think is really good because we've been asking for experienced players to kind of step up a bit more. And he's been kind of filling that void a bit. I've really liked his game most of the weekend. I mean, there weren't many bright spots to be completely honest, but I don't think he was a, you know, a glaring negative in any sort of, you know, capacity. I think he, every time he stepped on the ice, he was at least providing energy and obviously two goals is pretty nice too. So granted they weren't the most important of goals, but they all, they all count. You know what I mean? It's good to get at least a little bit of offense to try and get some, get some confidence back. Yeah, for sure. So uh, yeah, we just appreciate how he's been playing lately. He's playing with a lot of speed, crashing yeah. the net and stuff like that. We love to see it. Definitely. All right, the next award we give out is the Good Try UMass Award, somebody we want to see uh, step up their game a little bit for the next time out there. And for this series, uh, it's kind of tough, kind of a, a lot of ways we could go, but um, I think we have to give it to to Scott Morrow on this one. He uh, He had some points. He had two points on the weekend, but he had a combined minus six on the weekend as well. So he was out there for a lot of goals uh, in the second game we mentioned him. Uh, a couple breakdowns that led to goals in the third period. So um, don't want to totally blame things on him. I I said before, I think he's kind of getting run into the ground with how much they're playing him. Um, So not being put in great spots to succeed, but a minus six is a minus six in two games. Yeah. I genuinely hope to, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to get this, but I want, I really do like want some clarity to figure out like what happened this season, like with Moro, like there's, so many things that like go through my head is like, what could be going on? And like, I don't like it. The thing that I'm kind of leaning towards the most is just, he's just very tired because he has to play so much. And like, I feel bad because like the expectations that were put on him were very, very lofty to say the least. I mean, I, I still think as a whole, this wasn't a horrendous season for him personally, but I mean, obviously the whole team, you know, took a step back. You know what I mean? There's that's very plain to see. And I think teams, recognize his offensive talent enough to be able to game plan around him. I think I've said this before, like he, he's the big, you know, target on every team's back now, you know, like just yeah. it's neutralized Moro at all costs because once they neutralize him, 
everything else kind of, you know, takes, takes a big hit as well. So, I mean, we already knew his defensive lapses were, were a thing from last season alone, but it's just, the thing that baffles me is just his skating. Like, it just always seems like he, he doesn't move his feet. Like he's always, he's a big glider in that. I don't know if that was just the way he was taught. I don't know. Like I remember watching a couple of clips of him, like when he was playing prep hockey and like, that was a big thing for him. Even then was just a lot of gliding. Like, I don't know if that was just, he was never taught to, to skate better. And maybe he was just, you know, he knew that he was so agile that he could just get by on that. And now it's biting him in the ass, but you'd figure after two seasons of NCAA hockey, you know, he'd, he'd get a bit better in that regard and he just hasn't. So I don't know, because the, the, the last thing I'll mention is just like, I don't even want to blame the fact that he's gassed too much because like, even in the very beginning of games, he doesn't, he doesn't skate hard. You know what I mean? Like even when he's quote unquote fresh, you know, I don't know if that's him trying to like conserve his energy, but clearly that hasn't been working either. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather him use up all of his energy in the beginning of the game score three goals for us and then we can coast and we can throw in the other two defensive pairs at the end of the game to try and seal a deal. But it seems like the entire game he's going 50% and it's just, it hasn't been working. Yeah. And we'd like to clarify, like we have earlier in the season as well. Like for us, it comes from a place of, we think his potential so high and obviously so much better than what we've seen. Yeah. Obviously yeah. others do too, because of his, uh, his NHL draft status and stuff like that. So um, we know what he's could be capable of, so it's it's tough to see sometimes the like, the breakdowns and stuff like that. Like completely disregarding like the draft status and everything, it's just the fact that over the past two years he's single handedly taken over games. Yeah, like, we've seen it. He's he's single handedly undressed an entire team and walked the puck into the net. Shout out UMass Lowell, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, like, just right. literally walks it into the paint and just scores like. We, we haven't seen that recently, and I get it. It's because everybody is just focused on locking him down, and that's why I think guys like Connors and Cameron have been a bit more free to try and at least score a bit more you know, than they have, which I think has been very good. But I don't know, like just defensively, I just think that's, that's been the biggest worry, and you'd figure after two seasons that'd be the biggest you know, area of improvement, and it just it hasn't been, unfortunately. But fair play to him offensively. He's still been doing his thing. Yeah, for sure. Still leads the team in points, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So uh, that's definitely good there. All right, let's 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 move to our custom awards. What's your what's your award you'd like to give out? So I'm going to call this one the uh, – shout out to Cameron for the name on this one. Uh, the, the Bad Things Come in Threes uh, Award. And I don't really know if it's an award. It might be a demerit, if anything. It might be like a participation trophy because realistically all we've been doing in the third period of the season has been participating. <laughs> like we really haven't been – playing per se like just the, the the classic has been you know last last uh last weekend you know three goal lead given up in both games in the third period what? over the last three games it combined nine goals given up in the third that's ridiculous and we've scored what one or two if that yeah i think it's i think it was one and that was in the second vermont game yeah like that's ridiculous and like I, I don't understand what the, and I mean, I know we've been beating a dead horse, but it's been such a glaring error that like, I don't know what else to say. I mean, that we can, we can speculate for, you know, we could write a 30 page thesis on what we think could be going wrong here, but it's just, it's too much to talk about in a single episode. So I don't know. I might even have to like try and do some of my own like advanced analytics stuff and I'll, I'll write up my own paper on it and I'll get it peer reviewed <laughs> by UMass Twitter. But I mean, it's just been ridiculous this season. You know, the third period has been quite frankly atrocious. And I, I don't, I don't want to sound like a complete and utter like doomer here, but like, I don't know if we win a game the rest of the season, you know, with, with how poorly we've been playing simply in the third period alone, that just shows you that no lead is safe. Yeah. You know, like you, you're up, you're up against Vermont, the literal worst team in the conference right now in the standings. And we blow a three, nothing lead. I like I granted granted this twice. is about the, the this award is yeah twice and I mean I get that this this award is about you know this series in particular but even then I mean our third period has not had not been good you know what I mean like we were overall I think outscored we were a minus three in the third period just in this weekend and I think last weekend we were like a minus seven or something crazy like that or like a minus six so I mean absolutely ridiculous stuff and 
I'm just hoping we can remotely tighten it up. You know what I mean? Like it's either, if we're going to be that bad in the third period, we need to be amazing in the first two periods or we got to tighten up the third period. Something's got to change. So I don't know what it is. And I'm curious to see what the coaching staff cooks up to try and change it. Yeah. I don't, I want to clarify what I said. It's nine goals in the last four games. I think I said three before, yeah. but still, still pretty tough. Look, yeah. um, it's, it's kind of been like that all season. If you remember back to the, the Dartmouth game and some of the other outcomes. So um, not fun, not fun when you're no lead is safe. Right. Uh, good award from you. I am going to give out the shut up Bozo award. Um, and this one's going to go to Owen Murray because in the preview episode for this series, I, we were looking through some stats and kind of kind of reminiscing on the whole season based on the, the stats. And I noticed he had a minus 14. I was kind of taken back by that. And I mentioned it. Uh, he went out and had the best plus minus on the team this series. He was a plus two and he got himself an assist his first point of the season. So uh, Owen Murray clearly telling me to shut up Bozo uh, and good for him. Had a good series. 100% good for him. I mean, I, I, I genuinely enjoyed his game this weekend. Like he was... He kind of reminded me of that. I forget which series it was, but it was when Mikey Adamson played really well. He got his first mm-hmm. goal. Like he was kind of being chippy. You know, he was playing pretty decently defensively. He got himself a goal. Like this, this seems very reminiscent of that. Like just, you know, not really meant to be like, or at least as of right now at this stage of his development, he's not really a game in game out kind of guy. You know, that's kind of been the revolving door on the, on the third you know, defensive pairing, but he showed up this weekend and he, he definitely, at the bare minimum, I'm hoping that he kind of gets more playing time for the for the end of the season. I think him and Kennedy O'Connor, because quite frankly, they were one of our better defensive parents this weekend. Um, I'm hoping that they kind of stick around and they can form a little bit of chemistry, you know, because as it seems right now, I don't think we're getting Lyndon Alger back for a little bit. And, you know, we were still kind of figuring out. I mean, it seems like the first two lines are pretty set in stone, assuming we don't have Lyndon Alger. So that that third that third line is going to have to be those two you know what I mean so I'm hoping that uh they're I don't want to say like a, a reign of dominance in any sort of you know stretch of the imagination but you know decent some decent quality play I'm hoping that uh they can uh they can continue that because it was a solid weekend for Owen Murray definitely yeah for sure so good job on Murray telling me to shut up bozo <sighs> oh, nice. all right so that's basically everything we had uh, we'll take a quick look at the hockey East standings just to let you know how oh, things great. stand. Um, right now, UMass is 10th place out of 11. They have 19 points. Um, I don't, I, things have to go perfectly for UMass to be able to get a home game now in the first round of the hockey East playoffs. They are uh, Maine is eighth place. Uh, and that's the first spot that gets a home game and they have 26 points. So UMass is seven points behind them. Both teams have four games to play. Uh, Maine plays BC next weekend and BC has 27 points. So just one point higher than Maine. So, uh, definitely need one of those teams to get swept. They can't split that series. Um, ideally it'll be Maine that gets swept by BC. It's kind of what we have to root for. And then UMass also needs to get at least a one point or more against Northeastern, who's currently the number one team in the conference. So things are are looking like we're not going to get a home game here for the Hockey East playoffs. All right, guys, senior night next weekend. Uh, let's let's all make it out there to Mullins one last time because that's how yeah. it's looking. Uh, yeah, really unfortunate that we won't be having any sort of postseason hockey at, at Mullins. But, you know, all, all kind of reigns of dominance kind of have to have a bit of a lull every now and then. You know, I I don't think we need to go full, you know, sad boy mode, you know, as of right now. I mean – it was destined to happen, you know, like not, a, you know, think of, think of where we were a while ago, you know, like, I don't want to say let's go right back to old mass. I'm not saying that, but you know, new mass wasn't built in a day, you know, like it, it took time. I think, you know, we had, we had that first, you know, really, really poor season under Carvey. This we're, we're back to the, to the reset phase. I feel like, you know, we just got to get some, you know, I'm not saying we got a fully, you know, hard reset, but Things things were a bit tough this season, but there are some building blocks, which is which is encouraging. I feel like. Yeah, I think, I hope so. I, I yeah. hope it's something good. I just uh, still thinking about this season. Uh, tough, tough going from winning hockey East to possibly dead yeah, possibly dead finishing last. dead last. I mean, yeah. Maine's been playing decently, um, and and obviously New Hampshire, uh, Northeastern's first place. 
Uh, those are our final two opponents. There's four regular season games left. So um, it's looking like it's either going to be uh, an away game at BC or an away game at Maine for the first round of the Hockey East playoffs, which uh, I don't know what you'd prefer. I think I'd prefer playing BC just so I can go. I don't think I'd drive up to Maine two weekends in a row, but. Well, it kind of depends on the end of the season because we haven't played Maine yet at all. And yeah. we've been thoroughly swept by BC. So the selfish person in me says, yeah, I would like to go to the games just to say that I can go to the games and I'd rather not have to drive up to Maine to do so. But depending on how the end of the season goes, if I'm going to be a bit unselfish and I want to see the team go as far as possible, we might be leaning towards Maine because yeah. we haven't done well against BC recently at all. So who knows? We'll see. I mean, as it stands right now, I'm pretty sure Maine has been putting up like 40 safe shutouts with Victor Osman. So who knows? We, it, it all depends. You know, it seems like most hockey East teams right now, besides us are pretty hot right now. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of anybody's game, but it's not, it's not looking great. If I'm being completely honest with ourselves here. If the season ended today, it'd be a road game at County. So <sighs> great. We saw how that just went. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh yeah. All I'm right. We, yeah, we're no, there's not much to be positive about for this episode. So sorry about the downer episode. Um, we got Northeastern next weekend, so we'll see how that goes. We're gonna be at both games. We'll have an arena review from Matthew. So um some content coming for sure. But thank you guys for for holding together in this one and, and supporting us through it. Uh we appreciate you guys. Go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody. I'm out of third things to say right now. I'll get one for you next week. That's fair.